What is up, everybody? What is going on, world? I am so happy to have y'all here with me for the very first, the absolute number one, day one edition episode of the Whatever I Find Entertaining podcast with your host, Dizo. Now, I cannot wait to get into it. I got a list of topics I want to get down. Um, this first episode, if you've watched the trailer, you already know what it's about. So the first episode is just going to be me. And I just want to really just spend this time getting just introducing you to the concept of it. And how do you say get the get the parameters down. So how the show is going to continue forward from now on. But uh, like I said, we we gonna we gonna call, we gonna cover up a myriad of topics, you know, comic books, sports, video games, music, anime, whatever is whatever is whatever is what we gonna do. So, I mean, my what I'm gonna cover today, and it's gonna be a rather re- relatively short episode today. I'm not sure how long I want to make them, but this one's probably going to be shorter than they usually are because one is just me and two, I don't want to rattle on too long, but uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about coming to America. <sighs> There's a lot to discuss that, but yeah, that's just one of the topics we're going to discuss. Uh, we're going to cover latest episode of Snowfall, episode four. We're going to talk about that before episode five is like a few days away. So we're going to cover four. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I'm super excited about that. I can't wait. Um, I wish I started this podcast a little earlier so we could cover WandaVision stuff, but it is what it is. WandaVision's over. I loved it. thought it was fantastic. It was a phenomenal show. Um, probably one of the best things the MCU has done so far, and I'm a huge MCU fan. And this WandaVision thing was just fan damn tastic. And I can't wait to see more of the shows. But uh uh Bucky and the Winter Soldier. I said Bucky and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh it was a show I was excited for first. Back when they first started talking about um uh the Disney Plus TV shows. This was the one I really wanted. So we're gonna talk more about that, um, about the trailer and everything. And then we're going to talk about Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut. And uh, since it's, it's due in a few days, in a few days, just what I'm excited about, what I hope they don't do again, and mistakes I hope they avoid. Um, yeah, I think I think I think we're just going to get into it. Like I said, welcome to the podcast. I hope y'all enjoy yourselves because I'm already enjoying myself. But let me take a quick break, and then we're going to get into it. And just to give y'all a heads up, um, whatever, I'm, I'm going to always talk about, I'm always going to like list the topics we're going to talk about in each episode at the beginning of the episode. But I will be, once we get to those segments, I'll let you know, hey, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that. I will be spoiling whatever the most recent thing as of when the podcast drops. Whatever's the most recent content for that show or that anime or that uh, movie or whatever we're talking about, whatever's the most recent, that is going to be spoilers, just so y'all know. So don't be like, oh, man, I ain't watched last episode yet. Why are you talking about it? That's, that's what we're going to do here. This is your spoiler warning. I'm going to try my best to make sure I do spoiler warnings before I talk about each 
piece of content that I talk about. But just to give y'all a heads up, that's how it's going to go down. Okay, with that being said, let's get into it. Let's talk about Snowfall Episode 4 Expansion. Um, it, it starts off with uh, Lee getting himself something to eat with, the, with, his, with his gang. I don't want to call him a gang. With his, his crew. Crew is a much better word. Crew. It shows... <laughs> Shows Wanda out here trying to sell a tooth that she lost in the last episode that you know Lee still got a soft spot for. So he gives her a little money. I don't know if he buys it. He didn't say he buys the tooth. He didn't say he buys the tooth. But he definitely gave her some money. And I don't, I ain't see that tooth no more. And she she definitely wasn't out there trying to sell the tooth no more. So I don't know. I think he might have bought a tooth from a dope thing. But um, more importantly, uh, Scully's people shoot the, the little restaurant up. Um... She, uh, Wanda ends up getting hit. Her, uh, Lee's crew takes her to the hospital and that, that whole thing happens. Um, I just, I kind of feel so sorry for, I mean, it's a running thing and it's been in the thing since, like, the first season. I just feel so sorry for him because you could tell he loves the shit out of that girl and, but it, he knows it's like, it's, it's like, it's too late. Like, it, you can't. There ain't nothing you can do about that, bro. Just watching somebody you love hurt yourself like that is, it just sucks. But anyway, um, Franklin ends up showing up at the hospital. He tries to talk to Lee, and he's like, look, man, I know you want to hit Scully back. But, you know, he both our problems. So, you know, why don't, we both, why don't we both hit him? We do it together. You know, get the gang back together, man. We be bros. We work together. We know Lee ain't trying to hear nothing Franklin got to say. So he don't really go for it. But you know he's going to hit him back. He just don't know how. Because that fortress that Scully lives in, which is... I call, they call it the Bottoms. It's like a like a motel situation where there's only one way in and one way out. So he, it's like a fortress. Like even the cops don't go in there. So he letting them know, bro, like it... it Franklin's trying to tell Lee, like, it ain't gonna go down like that, bro. Like, you can't you can't go up and shooting up the joint. And it appears that Lee's not listening, but in the very next scene, well, not the very next scene, but the when he's talking to his right-hand man, you can tell Lee is like, yeah, I can't just go in there shooting. I gotta, I gotta uh, get some more inf- intel. I gotta get some more, I gotta scope the spot out so he hires a private detective and all that happens. But um, then you get to see Reed talking to Ivy, and I'm really starting to worry about Reed, and maybe I shouldn't, because, like, I should be worried about the, I should be worried about Franklin and his peoples, but I really, I really like Reed, he's one of my favorite characters, I, I really like Reed, but, um, he, he really seems, I guess, unhinged, is the word I'd use, he, he not, he not okay, I mean, he's going through a lot, but like he not okay. He not okay. <laughs> I mean, he's physically hurt from that shootout he had, which was they could have they could have went out of that like a lot cleaner. He didn't want to decide to use those loud ass weapons. That's on him. But um, yeah, he seems mentally not okay, and I'm like, really, I don't I don't know. I just I want him to be okay, but who knows? Whatever. Then there's another scene where he's talking to. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody else who works does what he does, I guess. 
and he, he's being kind of arrogant and disrespectful and like, look, bro, just clean up my mess, man. Like, what? what? Just clean it up. So that was kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about him mentally. I don't know what's going on with him. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the next scene, you get uh, Franklin and his mom sitting down with that shady alderman type guy. I don't know what he actually is. But, uh, and they're doing, they're talking business. But to me, Franklin really seems uncomfortable here. I mean, they're in like a country club, but he doesn't seem very comfortable or happy to be there. I'm guessing because he's just ready to get to big deals so he can move his money around more. So he really doesn't seem okay with the situation. But I mean, his mom seems super happy because I guess the plan is like so they can like offer cheap housing to people in their neighborhood and give opportunities that people wouldn't normally give to them. But then after that, there's a scene. They go back to the hospital for a little bit, but nothing really develops the plot anymore. Uh, then you see Reed again. He's in his office by himself, and then that another government guy comes. I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, maybe maybe he maybe I shouldn't know who he is, and I just don't remember him. But he shows up, and he's telling him, "Look, bro, you've been undercover a long." He's telling Reed. He's like, you've been undercover a long time, man. You, you sure you're right mentally, bro? Like, normally people ain't undercover as long as you've been undercover. You might want to, like, get some help or something. Or something, bro. And Reed's like, look, man, I don't need your help, bro. I just need you to do what I tell you to do. And then he tells him to look up some financial stuff for Ivy or whatever. But then the next thing, which is, which is so far in this season... My only problem, and it's it's a nitpick. It's just me being silly. But uh, the next scene, you see that the uh, Lee's hired a private detective to spy on Scully so they can find out a way to get to him. And you see Scully just at a restaurant with his boys arguing over some movie stuff. And they're eating. And my problem with this is that this is like the second or third time in this season. This is only episode four. Where some people did some fucked up shit. And they just casually hanging out in a casual place casually. Like when like when man boy uh what did he do? He he what did he do to Scully? He 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 I forgot what Man Boy did, but he pissed off Scully. Yeah, I can't remember why they beefing. Just know that Man Boy shot somebody on Scully's team. Scully Scully getting re getting revenge. They beefing. It's a turf war. They're beefing over turf anyway. That's the most important thing. But the thing is, after Man Boy shot up somebody on Scully's crew, um, they they're like hanging. They're like having this get together at the crib where they just smoking and drinking and listening to music and partying and stuff. And I'm like, bro, y'all just shot up a whole, oh. <sighs> they just like yeah, I just had a shootout. Yeah, I just killed somebody. And y'all killed the crew member of somebody that's really dangerous. How y'all so casual about, like, hanging out and stuff? And then one guy, like, literally goes out on the patio because he think he finna get some. But it's so obvious he finna die. He goes out on the patio so he can get, just him and the girl so he can get some. And they ain't end up missing. But it was so obvious that it was gonna happen. It was like, what, bro? Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really get it. Like they like sometimes it'd be some real like you would think these because these niggas from the hood and they've been in the hood their whole lives. 
you would think like they'd be moving way more stealth than what they move. I mean, even when Lee gets, I mean, he, he ain't got no reason to think nobody coming for him. But even when Lee gets shot up at the beginning of this episode, he just at a restaurant, just hanging out, just chilling. It's just like the gangsters be real. The killers and gangsters in here be real casual when they shouldn't be. That's my own. That's my little nitpick. But that don't got no bearing on the show. That's just me being goofy. That don't got nothing to do with with nothing. It was just uh <laughs> that's just so it's so funny to me. It's like to see these people because I mean they people. It's not like they're some trained cold military killers. They like they people. Like they just want to go hang out with their boys and get something to eat. It's just so weird that they do that. Like after. After that, but anyway, after after that scene, um, you see the you see the private investigator spying on him. But then it jumps to I almost said Leon. It jumps to Franklin and his mom talking about what they gonna do, their plans, they uh how they gonna do this investing thing. And Franklin's really happy. He's like, man, we're gonna invest here. We're gonna put money here. We're gonna do this for the people. We're gonna help the hood here. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And you can see his mom's like. She not she don't show his enthusiasm. She's not as excited as he is. She's not as happy as he is. He he's like, what's the problem? But she's like, basically, it's it's a it's a dope ass scene. But, but basically, what it boils down to is, he like, dude, you're supposed to be working so you can get out the hood. Like we like you keep forgetting, like we trying to leave the drug game behind so we don't have to do the illegal stuff no more. We can just do the 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 good stuff. And they get into an argument. It was a dope scene. It was it was it was amazing. But it's like, yeah, yeah, uh, Franklin, you is kind of forgetting, bro. Like, what's your end? Like, how? What's your plan to get out of the drug game? Because you you a smart dude. So far, you're like one of the smartest characters in the show. Like, you don't seem to be working on an exit strategy though. So like, what was what, what's up with that, bro? Yeah, but they have their argument. It, it goes great. I mean, I didn't mean to say it goes great. I meant to say the scene was great as far as acting and, and all that. It went great. But then um, after that, they uh, they cut to the hospital. You see Lee sitting by her bedside. Wanda. You see him sitting by Wanda's bedside because, like, he cares about her. It's very obvious. That's what, I'm, that's what I was talking about earlier. It's like, it, it must really suck to see somebody you care about hurt themselves like this. And apparently not even care about hurting themselves. But beyond that, um, once it jumps to the next scene, it's Franklin with his gang. Aunt, auntie, Unc, uh, the dude who's like his bodyguard now. And they're, uh, they, Franklin's talking about expansion. Because one thing I skipped over is that Franklin and, and Reed... Have a, I almost called him Reed Richards. Reed have a uh, they have a meeting, and normally they only meet when there's product to be made uh, to handle. But there ain't no product moving right now, so they they're talking about how long the business is going, how long they're going to be in business with each other. Because now Franklin just got this fussing at by his mama, so it's like, yeah, I do need an ed- exit strategy. So let me figure out how long I'm going to be working with Reed. He's like, how long do you think y'all gonna be fighting this war with these people? But it, it, it was a good scene too. I don't think it's necessary to the narrative of the the rest of the show, but it was a good scene. I love it. I don't got no problem with it. But after that, that's when they cut to Franklin in the room with his his crew, uh, Auntie Unc and the guy who's his bodyguard now, and he's telling them, look, we need to expand. We need to get outside of L.A. It's hella problems here. We need to move this stuff 
in other regions. We can't do New York, we can't do Chicago, because people already got locks on those things. Where else can we expand to? And they're talking about expansion, you know, I'm down. Drones just want to get back to drones jamming. I forgot what it's called, drones jamming something. Jamming records? I don't know, something. Um, things happen with some other parties that aren't truly involved with what's going on with Franklin, but kind of. Uh, you see some stuff with his dad at the shelter. You see some stuff with the reporter. Uh, I'll talk about her in a minute. But, um, yeah, you, you start to think. She, well, I talk about she's super nosy. I don't know what her end game is or why she's so involved with what's going on with her. But then they do reveal that she, like, they tease it in here that maybe she was one of the real life reporters that that uh, cracked the whole the government's the government's been moving drugs into the country. So maybe that's her role she plays here. Um, but anyway, the scene after you get that scene where she. The guy she's been looking for this whole time finds her and he gives her this information. But what I want to get to is. Yeah, so now there's there's two more things I want to talk about this episode. And the one of the things is this this the next scene is when Franklin's in the car with his bodyguard and he's dropping him off somewhere. I can't tell where he's dropping him off, but he's dropping him off somewhere. And the bodyguard is like, I, I quit. I don't want to do this no more. This ain't what I signed up for. I'm done. And the reason why I want to talk about this thing is because it highlights something that's been going on this season where I don't I don't think Franklin's been handling his relationships with people the way I think he should, or I think he's been handling them wrong. The, um, one of them fences with his bodyguard. Bodyguard's like, I don't want to do this no more. This is not what I uh, what this is not what I signed up for. We blacks killing blacks ain't cool. I mean, killing people, killing the enemy, enemy in war, that's fine. But blacks killing blacks is not what I want to do. So instead of Franklin like understanding that and being like, yeah, I get it, bro. Like killing blacks, killing blacks is whack. That rhymed unintentionally. Um, I, I get it, bro. That does suck. I understand. He. Instead of him doing that and trying to work a, you know, trying to work with the guy, because I cannot remember his name for the life of me. I'm just gonna call him Bodyguard. I'm working with the guy. He's like, he just says he gets it. I don't think he actually does. I think he just says he gets it. And he's like, look, man, I'm gonna just double your pay, and you gonna, you gonna, you gonna nut up, and you gonna, you gonna, we gonna do this. Like, you can't leave me now. So just quit whining and like take this money and be my bodyguard. The bodyguard's like, bro. I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Like, this is not what I want out of my life for me. I thought I could handle this, but I can't. What I think Franklin should have did was be more reasonable and more empathetic, I think is the right way, not sympathetic, empathetic, and, and understand that, yeah, this is messed up. This is not what anybody signed up for. Like, I get what you're saying, and maybe say, look, bro, I don't... if." If that's your problem, then look, I don't need you to kill anybody. Just protect me and don't worry about killing nobody else. If anything makes you feel uncomfortable, bro, just let me know. You know, just work with him. But it was just like, he was more of a, a boss and he was like, listen, I understand your complaints. Here's some more money. It's like, money ain't going to fix the problem I got, though. So don't throw money at me like I'm some bimbo. Like... He didn't really he didn't really empathize with his problem and that's why he didn't come that's why he didn't get the result he wanted. 
But another relationship I don't think he handling well is it, the man boy and the Scully thing. What confuses me is uh, he goes to Scully and he's like, hey, man, we need to deal with this man boy situation. Man boy be tripping. And he gives him a gun. But if you were really siding with man boy in the end and you were just setting Scully up, why'd you give him a really good gun? What was that about? Was the gun supposed to jam or something? Because most of the killing happened with the gun that you gave him. So I don't, yeah, I don't understand what, that just seemed really weird to me. I don't get, I don't get why Franklin went to talk to both of them. Side with whoever you want to side with. I've had this argument with people who would have picked Scully and people who would pick Man Boy. That's cool. Side with whoever you want to side with. But I don't get why he went to go talk to both of them. That, that didn't really make any sense to me. But yeah, there's... Oh, and also the thing with the with the the older couple that ran the bookstore, how he kind of fucked them over. I I don't know. He just seems to be handling situations weirder than I would expect him to. But the last thing I want to talk about is obviously the last scene in the uh, in the episode. It, the the shootout. Um, it seemed I, I just can't wrap my brain around the fact that Scully's people. First off, from what I could tell, they fired the first. They fired first. It just didn't make any sense to me why y'all would get in a shootout and y'all got Scully's gal and Scully's child in the backseat. Why Why would y'all get into a shootout? Y'all should have been trying to get the hell out of there and get them somewhere safe. But, I mean, I get... I mean, it's messed up that Leon probably ended up killing a kid. That's messed up because I know that's not something he intended. But it's like, they were self-defense. It's like, here's some dudes that just shot at us the other day. We got to shoot back. Because we don't know what they on. I mean, why wouldn't they shoot again? Why wouldn't they shoot again? So, yeah. It, it just, that was just like, I feel like they're so dumb on Scully people's part, bro. Like. Y'all got these two, these probably the two most important people in the world to Scully. He already unstable as hell on a normal day. On a normal day when there's no problems, he unstable as hell. I don't know how y'all gonna tell him about this. Well, I guess not. I guess everybody in that car died. Yeah, I think everybody in that car died. But that's that's 100% they fault, bro. Like, you would've got the hell, you're supposed to get the hell out of there, bro. Yeah, but that that but I don't know, man. That's that's on them. That's that's pretty dumb on their part. But I, that's 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 it for Snowfall. Um, next thing I want to talk about is we could just go through the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer right quick. I'll be back in one second. Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer. Like like I was saying earlier in the show, this is the show I'm the most hype about. Like I. I've been hype about this since they announced the, the like the original shows that they were gonna put the Loki, the Winter I said Winter, the WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was like, Loki seems like it's gonna be cool. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but it seems like it could be cool. I mean of course I love the actor that plays Loki. I love that character so far in the MCU, so yeah, I wanna see more of that. The WandaVision one seemed like it was gonna be just like a satirical, we're making fun of family comedy drama shows, which was uh, that's fine. I mean, uh, the the Dick Van Dyke and uh, I Love Genie type thing was a little bit before my time, but I enjoyed those shows. Uh, 
So it just seemed like it was going to be that. It turned out to be way more than that and way better than I could have ever anticipated. But it was it was it was great. But we ain't talking about that now. I, I missed the chance to to gush over that. The one one division's over. I thought the ending was fantastic. I don't really honestly I don't have no complaints. Most of my theories are wrong though. I will I will go on the record saying that. Most of my theories I had about that show were I mean, out of maybe ten theories, I maybe got two right. Maybe. And that's me being generous to myself. But we're here to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Trailer looks dope. It definitely looks like it's going to be a complete, total opposite of what WandaVision was. And I don't mean that in no negative way at all. It just This is going to be more action-oriented. Which is great. It's a great turn of pace. Switch it up. Do something different. Why not? But, uh, yeah, it's, the trailer shows some more Baron. It shows some... A kind of possibly powered people that was alliteration I did not mean possibly powered possibly powered people I did not mean to do that but yeah it seems like some who's a group they may be fighting may have some kind of powers at first I thought those people were working with Baron Zemo but he don't like powered heroes so he probably not gonna hire some people with powers I gotta go saying people in power Okay, I don't see him hiring people like that. So I don't. Maybe there's like there's different. They're gonna be tackling different things. I'm assuming there's gonna be another nine episodes. So there's gotta be like a villain, but there's also gotta be like a challenge they're facing every episode. So maybe these this little group because it looks like it's about three or four of them, but it may be way more. And there was an interesting conversation that Falcon was having with a a lady. And they were talking about how this is the way things are. They're different now. You you don't have to be a criminal. It's like you don't understand. This this is the world. Like I gotta be this. And like maybe he was trying to talk her from doing something wrong. And he, she was trying to tell him, look, this is how it is, bro. I'm not I'm not changing. You can hang that up. But um, it, yeah, it look it looks fantastic. The action looks dope. The action has always looked dope. I cannot wait. Bro. It's. It took long enough to get here, and I absolutely can't wait for it. I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be one of the best things that uh, the MCU has done so far. I feel that about One Division. I feel like One Division is one of the best things the MCU has done. And I'm not saying it's better than any of the movies. I'm saying as far as executing a plan, going here's what here's what the show is going to be, here's what we want the show to be, and then what the show ended up being. I think they executed that so well. It's one of the best things they've done. I also think this show is going to uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon are going to be the same way. It's going to be a well-executed plan because the difference here is with a movie you only got certain you only got so much time. Like nobody's going to want to watch a four-hour movie. <coughs> Zack Snyder. <clears throat> nobody's going to want to sit in the theater and watch a four-hour movie. But, like every time, like. For stuff like Endgame or Infinity War, sure, because that's like a that's like a conclusion to a bunch of other stuff. But nobody's gonna want that every single movie. I don't care how much I love Spider Man. I don't want to see a four hour Spider Man movie. This is no. But the benefit to a show is that there's way more time to develop everything because, like for instance, WandaVision had like nine episodes, and each episode's like thirty minutes, so that's like. That's like more than five hours of content. 
when a movie is only like two hours, two and a half maybe, two and a half is kind of on the long side to be for real with you. You get six hours here, you just get it at 30 minute intervals. So it's like, here's 30 minutes here, here's 30 minutes here, here's 30 minutes here, here's 30 minutes there. So you get way more time to develop these characters. And that's why Wanda, Wanda has now currently, as the day I'm saying this statement to you, as the day you're listening to me say this, has more development than anybody else in the entire MCU, any other character. Because they had like six, five to six hours to develop her. You got to see her backstory. You got to see what happened to her as a kid. You got to see how she got to where she is now. You got to see a lot of stuff on her. But, um, yeah, I, I can't wait for the Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. I can't. It's, I have so much faith in them now. <laughs> because, like, watching an MCU movie, it's like, yeah, we know. They got a formula. They formula is super successful. We, like, we already know. Like, there's no reason to expect there's going to be another bad MCU movie. There hasn't been one for a long... There hasn't been a bad one for a long time. And I don't think they're going to have any more misses. I just don't think so. I mean, I, I know... And when I say bad, I mean, like, public opinion. I don't mean, like, my personal opinion. Because, like, I like Captain Marvel movie. Some people might not. So, some people may think, no, that was a bad one. That one, But, like, public opinion meaning overall most people agree that that was a good movie. That's what I mean by I don't think they're going to have any more misses. Yeah, but these shows are different, though. It's just a different way to tell a story. And now I can say after watching WandaVision, I'm, I'm as confident as, in their ability to make shows as I am confident in their ability to make movies. So I got no reason to doubt them after that. <laughs> but yeah... Um, that, that's that's all. I don't know much about the show. I don't know what's going on, so I ain't got much to say about it. But by the time the next time you hear me, I would have seen the first episode. So I'm probably doing a lot. of Next episode is probably going to be a lot of Falcon and Winter Soldier. But for now, we can move on to the next. I think the next thing we're going to talk about is Justice League. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we we're gonna get into that. Uh, the Justice League. Uh, it's it's. A few days away, uh, that four-hour romped into Snyder's vision of what Justice League would be. From what I've seen so far, because I'm like most people, I hated the original Justice League. It, it was surprisingly, it was surprising how, how, what's the word I'm looking for? How they managed to make a movie worse than Batman versus Superman is surprising. I, I don't know how. I don't know how they pulled it off. Because I hated Batman versus Superman. And Justice League was way worse. Justice League was a thousand times worse than Batman versus Superman. It I don't even it's so hard to wrap my brain around them. I'm not gonna sit here and talk about all the things that the Justice League movie did wrong. I'm here to talk about Snyder's cut. And and from what I've seen so far, it looks like a totally different movie. It almost looks like a sequel. To the Justice League movie. Like it really does. It just looks way. It looks like a sequel. And the scenes you. The scenes that you see in the trailer. That were in the original Justice League. Just look like flashbacks. Because of how much more impressive the actual movie looks. And. I'm more. One thing you'll learn about this podcast. Is I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC. 
But I love DC too. I just prefer Marvel. Like if I if you, if you put a gun in my hand and say pick one of these universes, man, you only get one. I'm gonna pick Marvel. But I, I love DC too. Um, I didn't have very high expectations for the original one. I don't have high expectations for this one. I hope it's better. I I I hope it's better just for the simple fact that. DC purists, meaning people who only fuck with DC, this is all they got. Like, if this movie's bad, then, like, what else is there? Like, like they, it's like they put all their, I just feel like the DC purists just put all their marbles in this bed. They bet it all on black. And, like, if this doesn't pay off, that's it. If this is bad, like, like... I don't even know what the next DC movie is even supposed to be. So like, I don't even know where we go from here. So I just, I pray it's good. I hope it is. I don't have high, I got low expectations for it, but I mean, I just, I hope it's good. I hope. I mean, I think that's all I got to say about, about the Justice League trailer. It looks good. I was, it looks, it looks great. But that don't always... DC is great at making trailers. They're great at that. They're also great at spoiling like really good moments in their trailers. But I'm not, I'm not going to hate on it. I'm not going to hate on it. It'll be out next time. Like I just said about Bucky and the Winter Soldier. I said Bucky and the Winter Soldier again. Like I said about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Next time, next time we come together on a podcast, we will... Um, I, we'll know. We'll know. We'll be able to talk about it. We'll know how good it was, uh, Justice League and the Falcon. We'll, we'll know both. I'll have my opinion for you. I promise you that on episode two. So episode two, whoo, it's gonna be some shit. Cause we gonna we gonna have episode. Well, we're not gonna talk about next episode. Not right now. What we are gonna talk about? I'll be transitioning. I'll be transitioning. What we are gonna talk about is. The final thing, the last topic I got. The Coming to America reboot sequel? The sequel. I guess it's not. I just feel like when you update a movie that's that old. Well, yeah, when you update a movie that's that old, then it it just kind of, I feel like I got to call it a reboot. Because you're introducing it to a totally new audience. But anyway, yeah, we're finna, we finna go on. We're finna talk about the Coming to America sequel. Coming to America. Three, two, one. Now, when it comes to Coming to America. See what I did there? I, um, I watched it. I watched it with my brothers. We we watched it just on a whim. We was like, hey, we didn't have nothing to watch. Hey, let's watch Coming to America. We put it on. We watched it. I didn't plan on watching it then because I wanted to re-watch the original before I watched this one because it had been, yeah, it had been like 20-some years since I seen Coming to America, the original. So I wanted to re-watch that first so I can, you know, I'd be around mindset, you know, or I can catch Easter eggs or I can catch, oh, I remember when they did this because I just honestly couldn't remember the first, I barely remember the first coming to America because it had been so long. Um, but we watched it and I, I 
just to get it out the way. Just to get it out the way now so you won't be confused. I, I hated it. I, no, I didn't hate it. I'm not going to say I hated it. I did not enjoy it, though. Hate would make me seem like I was angry at it. It just, it was just, meh. It wasn't very funny. And I didn't really care about any of the characters like I did with the original. So I didn't hate it. It, I just, it was meh. It was very meh. If I could, on a, on a scale from, on a scale from whack to dope, it was meh. So, uh, we all watched it. I don't, I'm not gonna speak for anybody else, so I'm not gonna tell you. Uh, I might get them on podcasts in future episodes to get their opinion on it. So, I'm, I don't want to tell you how they felt about it. The people I did watch it with. I had a conversation with somebody I work with. And they were telling me, Man, you only judging it based on, you know, the original coming to America. It's not as good as that one, so you you saying it's whack because it's not as good as that. But what I didn't tell him is honestly, I, at that time, I couldn't even remember the original coming to America, so I wasn't judging it based on that. This was almost as if I never even seen the original coming to America, and I'm seeing this through a lens of somebody who's not familiar with it. So after having that conversation with him, I thought to myself, I want to go, I want to talk about this on the podcast. I'm finna go, I'm going to watch the, I'm going to watch, the, I'm going to watch the sequel again because you can't judge something off one watch anyway. Not if I want to talk like, I mean, just like if I'm talking to my friends and family and my homeboys and stuff, then yeah, we can crack jokes all day after watching it once. But if I want to give an educated opinion on something, you can't just judge something based on one watch. So I was like, I'm going to watch it again, but I'm going to watch the original first and just watch them in order like that so I can see why the original is so loved and why this one is like whatever, not loved. So I did. I did. I definitely did. And um, the second one, one of my biggest problems with it is the cast. They brought back a lot of originals, which is which is good. Uh, they brought back Eddie Murphy's character, Arsen- Arsenio's Hall, Sammy, um, James L. Jones as the king. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Sarah Hedy. She played Eddie Murphy's girlfriend. She came back. Uh, uh, the 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 barking princess, I guess, is what you call her. I don't even know her name. But they brought that lady back. They didn't have to. Uh, they brought that Paul Bates, the uh, the guy who's like. He announces, he's the one that was like announcing, like he woke up Eddie Murphy in the first one. Uh, he announces when people are leaving and coming in the room and all that. I don't really know. I don't remember his character's name and I don't really know what his job was, but he was just like, please welcome the king and the queen. And you know, he was that guy. Uh, John Amos is, is Mr. McDowell was back. <laughs> Louis Armstrong was back for some reason as the white guy. <laughs> uh, and Funny enough, and I never can remember how, to, I, I mean, I never knew how to pronounce her name. And the only thing I really know her for is being Jamie Foxx's girlfriend in a Jamie Foxx show, which she was fantastic. But yeah, I can't really, I don't, she's also uh, the Vulture's wife in Home Spider-Man Homecoming. I, I, I mean, I know she's probably did hella roles in between that stuff, but that's all I know her for. Um, she's in. This, she's back too. 
That's that's why I brought her up. She's back too as just like rose petal girl number three. I don't know. Like she was in the beginning of the first one. And that was I don't know. She just she just rose petal girl. I don't I don't know. I don't know. She she has she has no speaking lines that I can remember. She definitely don't have no speaking lines in the first one. In the second, I doubt she had any speaking lines. But yeah, they brought her back too. So those are, as far as I can tell, those were the the re like the coming back characters, the characters that were in the first one. Um, I brought that up because one of my biggest problems with this was the cast. It was just so many people who just seemed like they were just thrown in for no reason at all, or the characters that actually had roles were played so weird that I couldn't tell if if the movie was in on a joke. Like, am I supposed to take this character seriously or, like, what's happening? Like, like Wesley's, I almost said Whitney, Wesley Snipes' character. He's, like, this really eccentric, like, war general, but everything he does and says is, like, really goofy and silly and... Like, it's like, am I supposed to take him serious or is it supposed to be a joke? Because he's threatening war and violence and blood and all this. But he's like, I, I, can't, I can't take him serious. Another thing about, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I forgot to say. Another thing about this is that this one was more family oriented, like family oriented movie. Not like the movie was more about family, but like, because the original was an R. It was, it was rated R. This one's rated PG-13. So, like, I guess they couldn't do, I, I don't, I guess they couldn't do more serious stuff, but it was so clear at some points in the movie they were making adult jokes that didn't belong in a PG-13 movie. It's like, why not just make it R again? And it's just like, I, I don't know, I don't know. But, yeah, like, Wesley Snipes' character, uh, Roll Timmy, is in here, and he has, like, maybe one speaking line, but he's only in the movie to be made fun of. So, like, why? Why get a recognizable face to do nothing? You know, like, that's that's always weird to me when movies do that. You gotta, you, everybody's gonna recognize, oh, shit, that's, that's Dre from uh, Power. You get him in here and he just doesn't do anything. He just be, he's, he's weird in, like, two scenes and then that's it. And he gets made fun of. I don't, like, I don't, I I don't really get it. Uh, Morgan Freeman's in here to give a eulogy at a funeral where the guy doesn't die until the end of the funeral. I don't know what that was about. But, damn. It's so, it's so weird, bro. It's so weird. Uh, Leslie Jones plays a huge role in the movie. I, I just feel like the director should have told her to just bring it down a little. Like, she was just so on 10. And this movie didn't call for a 10 performance. Like, bring it down. Be like at a 4 and 5. Be more chill, please. Uh, they, <sighs> uh, they had um, they had my boy, Tracy Morgan, in here to play an uncle. Uh, he definitely had speaking lines. And he definitely, I mean, he didn't, like, do anything with the plot. He wasn't needed for the plot to, him, to, to move. And you definitely could have taken him out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed anything. I just, I just don't get why he's there. I don't I don't get it. Like then they had my boy Trevor Noah in here playing like uh, 
just a reporter. And he's just reporting on stuff. And it's just like, why get these recognizable faces if they aren't going to do anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have probably got, like, a, a struggling actor to play these roles. And it probably would have been much better. Like, not that I'm trying to take food out of anybody's mouth, but let's keep it real. Tracy Morgan ain't hurting for money. And neither is Trevor Noah. I just don't, like, if, if, it didn't, if it wasn't any importance, why get such a recognizable face? I mean, these are people who you recognize instantly. Like, in, like, a second. Like, if it doesn't help the plot, then why do you even need to... I, I just... I don't know. They did, They had some weird casting choices. And I'm not really sure why. But, I mean, it's... Whatever. Whatever. What's done is done. Um, one of my biggest issues with this movie, and this is what I didn't realize until I went back and watched the original... Is that the original? Well, I'll say the sequel. It's so obvious, like the story's so obvious and so like straightforward, and just doesn't try to do anything out of the ordinary. That you know exactly as soon as the female character's on screen, you know exactly. Oh, that's gonna be his love interest. You just you just know right away, and it's not because they had any chemistry. It's not because they. You just know. You can tell. You can tell from the writing. It's like, yeah, watch this. It's like it's like watching uh, it's like watching a white girl run through the forest in a horror movie. She gonna trip. She gonna trip. She ain't gonna trip over nothing, but she gonna trip for damn sure. And then they always trip. But uh, and that takes me to another one of my biggest. Pro- well, let me finish talking about this first. Um, yeah, it, you don't really. The movie doesn't really take the time to make these two characters like each other. To well, I ain't gonna say make to let these characters fall in the love that they're in at the end of the movie. It it just doesn't take the time, and it's kind of like it's kind of like it's it's weird to explain because the movie feels slow and rushed at the same time. And by that I mean it's like nothing's really happening and then all of a sudden everything's happening. It's like, whoa, slow down. So they really, the first one really took time to go to take you from Eddie Murphy being nothing in her eyes, not even existing, to wow, they really got a connection. And they really, like, I see why these two care about each other so much. It makes sense. There's so many scenes where Eddie Murphy proves he's a good guy. And there's so many scenes where, where uh, what's her name? Lena? Lena Headley? What, the, what is her name? Uh, Lisa. I don't remember her. I'm trying to remember her real name. Uh, oh, uh, Sherry. I think it's Sherry. It's, S, it's S-H-A-R-I. I think it's Sherry. Uh, so she, like, you can see her receiving all the information that we're receiving. It's like, dang, this is a really good dude. He's a really nice guy. He's really bad. Like, it's believable that she falls in love with him. In the sequel, it's like, oh, you, you the prince, and you don't want to go by prince stuff. Cool. And then he's like, oh, dang, you see... You see that I don't want to live by the regular prince rules. Okay. And it's like, okay, now they like each other. There's not really any... I mean, there's like the scene... 
there's a scene where she's doing his hair when she's giving him advice. Then there's a scene where they walk in and talking in like the garden. But it's like nothing happens in those scenes. There's nothing. There's not like a we gonna fall in love by the end of this movie type of deal that happens in those scenes. They just they just they 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 cool. They chill. And then they're in love. Like, wait, when did the love thing happen? Which is going to segue into another problem that I have with this movie. The relationship developments. Like, when when the New York... When the New York people come to Zamunda... Because uh, the Joneses or the Johnsons. It was the Johnsons. It was like J-U-N-S-O-N. What a weird last name. The Johnsons comes to, to, to uh, Zamunda... They uh, this should have been called coming to Zamunda. This movie should have been called coming to Zamunda, not coming to the number America. This movie should have been called coming to Zamunda. Huh? That's really tripping me out. They really missed it because it's all about the, the New York people going to Zamunda and getting used to that, and it even ends with them in Zamunda. So. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. That's uh. Anyway, that kind of threw me off because it, it just hit me like a revelation, and that was kind of throwing me off. But yeah, they um when the Joneses, I'm just calling the Joneses, bro, because Jones is weird. The Joneses go to Zamunda. It's like, of course they don't fit in. They're from New York. They're from America. Like they don't know African traditions. They don't know. Of course, they get that. But like these these people who are royalty. They're African royalty. Now meet some people who not even American rich. Like they broke Americans. They're not even royal. They're not even rich by Americans. And so not only do they not understand royalty, they don't understand African traditions. And they just don't even understand just having money because they broke. So there's the people butt heads like right away, which is to be expected. Like that's nothing wrong with that. That's how that should be. But then at some point in the movie, everybody's relationships are just pieced together. And everybody's fine now. It's um, the party where uh, the prince is supposed to meet. Uh, that's another one I didn't cover. Uh, Tiana Taylor's in this movie, too. And once again, it's another recognizable face that they didn't give anything to do. So why have a recognizable character in this role if if nothing? She's just there to play the um uh the, the dog lady again. She's just that again. I don't like I don't see the point. But anyway, the relationships just get mended at that party. Like everybody's cool now. The uh, Eddie Murphy's baby mama and his current wife. They're, they butted heads, and she, she was like, "It was just, it was super cool." It, they're just now they're drinking and they're buddies. It's like, when did they get cool? When did that happen? We never seen that scene. Like, when did that happen? They, they, they didn't like each other. Now they're singing. What are they singing? Humpty Dumpty. Is your chance to do it? And it's, I forgot what they were saying. I think they were singing that, but I don't remember. But yeah, they're cool. Uh, who else? The um, the sister and the brother—they kind of cool now. Uh, Eddie Murphy's oldest daughter, and and then the prince. 
They're like chill now. They're cool. Uh, I mean, she helped them with the hunt thing. But it didn't really seem like they were like cool. It just seemed like, look, I'll help you build this cage. Whatever. It didn't really seem like they were cool now. But then they got cool. Um, who else? I don't remember. It's just, relationships just got mended off screen, which is bad storytelling. But I, it, I forgot Michael Blackston was in here too. I forgot about that. Once again, he was in the beginning. He did this weird introduction for Wesley Snipes' character, and then he was just no more. What's the point? It's like, it's like they just got. Well, I already talked about the character thing. It was another. Um, another thing that this story did weird is the whole how he ended up getting her pregnant. It was written off as a joke, but really, it's not all that funny. He got drugged, and she forced herself on him. And they kind of wrote that off as a joke, like, yeah, he was high as a mug. He thought he was having sex with a boar or something. And it's like, nah, bro, she drugged him and raped him. That's, I mean, I don't know if I'm maybe thinking too deep for this movie, but I mean, that's what happened, though. So I don't, I like, I don't know, I don't know how else you could take it. Uh, but that's definitely what happened. So I don't like, I don't. That was that was super weird, bro, that they made that a joke. But maybe I'm thinking too deep about it, maybe. I don't know. Um, because he even said he didn't even realize he had sex with her. Like, so you tell me that's not a drug and a rape. He didn't even realize he had sex with her. He said, yeah, I met her. Yeah, but we didn't do nothing. I mean, we smoked a little bit and then like an animal came in the room and it attacked me. But then he realized, nah, that wasn't no animal attacking him. That was him having sex. So he didn't even know. That that was like, which which is actually leads me into my next complaint. The tone of the movie seemed very weird. Like, like they. It was just very. It was the tone of the, the tone of the movie was was off. First up was way too much like. There was, there was way too much like, oh, how do I put it? like modern music? I mean, I guess, and the music was first off the music was just too much. Like it was too like soon as a song come on, you go oh they're playing that song. Like it was just very loud and just very overpowering. Where the music in the original was very subdued and in the background and very calm. There was a lot of like R&B type things. Well, this one was just like like new age rap and it was hella loud. But that's not the point I want to talk about. Uh, the, the, the tone. Like I was saying about Wesley Snipes' character where you're like, he's talking about causing war, bringing war to the door, to his doorstep. But it's like, he's walking goofy and talking goofy and he looks goofy. It, it was just weird. And then there was a joke about the, the, the drugging that I already talked about. It was like, and then they kind of, they kind of glossed over the whole sexism thing about how, how like women in Zamunda, it's such a weird, I mean, I get for when the original one came out. It came, it, honestly, it came out the same year I was born, just so I can date myself so you can know how old I really am. Came out the same year I was born, I'm pretty sure. 
and I get the I get the the sexism then like women can't do this, women can't go here, women are just this. This is their only role. I get that, but in this one, I, I thought that the movie was going to take a more progressive role, and it did towards the end, but it did it at the end. It wasn't like a gradual build. It was like it just did it at the end. There was this whole thing about how. Uh, his wife really doesn't have any, uh, the king, Eddie Murphy, the king, uh, his wife doesn't really have any agency. She's just kind of there. She does have one scene where she tells him off and kicks him out the bedroom. But I mean, she was like fake drunk then. So I don't know how serious the scene is supposed to be taken. But like, it was mainly about his oldest daughter who everyone believed that she was going to run the kingdom when, when Eddie Murphy steps down. But he, he was all like, you know, I need a son. Like, uh, kings got a rule like and I, I thought to myself yeah I, I get it they're trying to they're trying to point out how you know outdated systems aren't like they aren't keeping up with the times like even though Zim, these these people in Zamunda are super well actually here's the thing I was finna comment on you know Zamunda's a super rich country because when I think about it I think about Wakanda but they don't really actually go anywhere in Zamunda. Now that I think about it, in either one of the movies, they never actually leave the king's estate or his grounds in both movies when they're in Zamunda. They never, you never see the country. So is the country actually thriving? You only ever see these people that live in, well, not live in the castle, but at least work in the castle. Like, that's all you ever see. Huh. So you don't really know what the that's a that's another mispoint for both movies, but no, that's not a mispoint in the first one because the first one was about the prince going to America and discovering this crazy land. So Zamunda wasn't really important in the first one. You just know that's where he's from. But in this one, they go to Zamunda, and you learn all about like what you're supposed to learn about Zamunda and this culture and everything. They do talk about previous kings. But like they don't even talk about how how they even got into power. You just know about they this is they rule. They always have, they always will, I guess. The only thing you do see is that there's a there's a McDowell's in Zamunda in just like the middle of nowhere. There's not even any roads leading to it. So it's like how how does this work? But for all I know, that Zamunda could have been on the, the palace grounds. For all I know, I don't know. But yeah, the, the the point is that like I, I I don't get and once again I'm saying it's me. I'm not blaming the movie. I'm saying I don't really get like what they were going for. It was like a I'm trying to think. I don't know. Were they like pointing out the fact that this system is outdated and Zamunda may be behind in times even though they're super rich? Because it's like, oh, a woman can't lead. I'm like, so you'd rather a dude you've never met before that's not even from this country rule than the woman who's born here who's probably the most qualified to run? And like, what? Like, I get that. Like, I get, I get it's a, like a fascist place. Y'all sexes and men supposed to rule, not women. But y'all gonna trust a dude y'all never even met before who's not even from here? That's dumb. That's stupid. That's a stupid system. And another thing that kills me is, and I guess they kind of tackle it in this movie, but it's like the, the king feeling like his hands is tied, like there's nothing I could do about it. 
And it's like, dude, you the king. You make all the rules. And you have to follow no rules. Why can't your daughter leave, bro? What are they going to do to you? Like, the army going to attack? Which takes me to my next point. I'm, I'm transitioning, baby. I'm transitioning. Everything's leading into everything. Which tackles my next point. Is that there's this whole subplot that if... If the king can't find someone to marry one of the general's kids and link their countries together, then he's going to have war and he's going to attack, which I don't get how that would benefit him. But I guess it's revenge because the general, the general is the brother of the dog girl from the first one. So he's like, man, you screwed my daughter over, bro. Like, I mean, you screwed my sister over, bro. Like, what the fuck? Uh, they actually talk about that at the end of the movie, and it was a, like another dumb throwaway joke. He he says to him because everything's neatly wrapped up by the end of the movie. He says, "Well, thanks for le- uh, relieving my my sister from her curse." And I'm like, "There wasn't no curse, bro. There was no like. Was that supposed to be? A, that's what I mean about this movie. Is like, was that supposed to be a joke? Like, oh, <laughs> they thought it was a curse. That's hella funny. It was like." Was that supposed to be a joke? Am I supposed to take that as a joke? Because it just, it doesn't make, no matter how you look at it, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, in the first one, Eddie Murphy told her, because when he realized she'll do whatever he says, he's like, bark like a dog and hop on one foot. And she does it. But Eddie Murphy leaves and goes and marries a different woman. So you're not betrothed to him anymore. So why, why would you still be doing the thing he told you to do? Like 30 years later? And he already married somebody else. So you don't have to be his slave. So that, that didn't make any sense to me. That's why I was like, I wish they didn't bring that character back. Once again, not trying to take any checks out of anybody's mouth. You know, uh, get your money where you can. But I, that that just didn't make any sense to me, bro. Like, so she's been hopping on one foot and barking like a dog for like 30 years. Are you serious? Because I, I think it's about 30 years takes place between these movies. It's like, are you... Is that a joke? Yeah, because it has to be like 30 years. Because he, the, the son, the prince, in the movie says, I'm 30 years old, man. I need to change my life. So yeah, it's been 30. It's been like at least 30 years. Uh, it, that, that was just so dumb. But anyway, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is Wesley Snipes' character is like, hey, if you don't find somebody to marry one of my kids, then we're going to bring war. So... What I can't figure out is you telling me the king is willing to to have this complete stranger that he don't even know running his country because he's so afraid of what this general can do as far as war is concerned. It's like, does Zamunda not have an army? I mean, it's a kingdom, so it should definitely have some type of military might. Why is he so afraid of this general that this general can just come as, he can come and go as he pleases and makes as many threats as he wants? I don't I'm so confused. But then by the end of the movie, like it was just it was just Simi and and uh the king's daughters. They took him out, no problem. Just by themselves, just those four people. Just Simi and and the king's four daughters. I mean the king's three daughters. They did it by themselves and that was like that was it. That was that was the end of it. Cause the the general comes in, and he's like, "Hey, 
Your son's supposed to be marrying my daughter, man. Where is she? And they have a fight scene, which was, the fight scene was fine. It was okay. But it's like, that was, that was it? Like, what was, what was the king so scared of? He just, he just doesn't seem like he's all that much of a threat. Four people just took him down. And then the next time you see him in a movie, it's him talking to the king. And the king's like, oh, so the trade routes open back up. He's like, yeah, we finna have a peaceful relationship, man. It's like, what happened? Like, three kids and an old man. Because, shit, Simi and the king gotta be like, because that was 20. He had just turned like 20 or 21. And the king did. In, um, in the first one. So, and they they were about to, they appeared to be the close in age. So, this is 30 years later. They got to be at least 50. So, it was just, it was just four kids. It was just three kids and, an old, and a 50-year-old man brought down your whole regime or convinced you otherwise. So, I don't get what the king was so worried about. Like, he could have just, like, I don't get why it was such a big deal for his queen I mean, for his daughter to just take over what he's done. Like, I don't. I mean, I get it's a man-driven society, but it's like, y'all's a munda, though. Y'all don't. Why y'all going by the same rules as typical other monarchies? But what, what, whatever. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. I've been rambling on a long time, and I don't want to go too much further. So one of my last points I'll make is is. I'll go back to the whole the 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 jokes. Um that 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 they just didn't hit. Cause I said at the beginning it wasn't very funny. And I think the reason why I say that is because sometimes the jokes are like, oh wait, was that a joke? And then like <laughs> it's funny, the jokes range from, oh, was that a joke? to oh yeah, that was a joke. That's that's the scale. That's the scale of the humor. The only really honestly funny part in the movie was the barbershop scene. And that wasn't even as funny as the original barbershop scene. But it was it was it was probably the funniest part in the movie, to be honest with you. Like nothing any of the other characters do is funny. It's funny. Nothing they say or do. And then the main guy, the prince, who I haven't really talked about at all, his performance it just goes from I can't tell if he's being serious to I can't tell if that was supposed to be a joke. Like I don't know. Like the scene where he's about to cut the ponytail, he's telling the the barber chick to cut his ponytail, and she's just telling him like be on man, and he's like going in between like he's saying some stuff to her, and he's like like they want me to fight a lion. What is this? Yada yada yada. He makes some jokes and stuff to her, and she's laughing. She's enjoying the jokes. She's laughing, but then she's like, "Be." She says something to him, like, "Be your own man or be your own prince." And he gets up out the chair and he's angry. And it's like, "Wait, whoa, wait, what? have you been angry this whole time, or did your mood just switch like that?" I don't know. Were those jokes you making like for real? That those weren't even jokes you were being for real, or like what's? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I really, I, I really don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't believe his performance, and I think the main problem is everybody. 
Every one of the original characters that they were in the first one, they did a phenomenal job in here. Even with the limited stuff that Mr. McDowell had in the second one, he still did a good job with it. I think the I think the problem with this movie is the new cast. I think all of them didn't they were either there for no reason and had nothing to do, or they characters were just like, What 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 are you going for here? I don't understand it. This is this is all this is all very weird, bro. It's all very weird. So, um, uh, I will say this. I'm in on a positive note, though. I'm gonna try to that. That's gonna be the theme of these podcasts. They're always gonna end on a positive note. The the original cast were phenomenal, and especially with being thirty years in between, like thirty real years. Like real life years and thirty years, story wise in the movie, uh, they did a phenomenal job. They really did. Like you still believe the chemistry between um, Lisa McDowell and Eddie Murphy's character. You still believe their chemistry. You still believe Zimmy and I said Zimmy shit. Simi and and uh, Hakeem's relationship. You still believe that. Um, you still even believe the King and Simi. How the King used to shit on Simi all the time. You, that's still believable. Like. All of it is like, like you really get like the the relationship between Eddie Murphy and his daughters was really dope, because I think he got like three daughters in real life, but uh, that was really dope. Like all of that was really really well done. This movie just feels like everything that's not the the original cast is like all the additions were like they're bad. They're just they're they're bad. Like none of this is good. But like I said, leaning on a positive note, I think they did a phenomenal job. The original cast did a phenomenal job. And there was a lot to like there. There was a lot to love, to be honest with you, with what they were doing. It's just, you know what? We're going to wrap up there. I've been rambling on along, and I can honestly ramble on way more than I have. But we're going to end there. We're going to end on a positive note. I just want to thank you all for hanging out with me. For this, I can't wait to do more. There's so much more coming. Next episode, next episode we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna be talking about probably some some Attack on Titan, probably some Winter Soldier and Falcon, uh, some Justice League, Snyder's Cut. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't wait. We we gonna have a lot. We gonna have a lot to talk about. We we'll have a lot to talk about. I may even just just a bit of a just a bit of a Marvel style teaser. I may even have some audio of a certain discussion between some certain people. Maybe it's not a promise, but I might. But other than that, we we done. This is this is the end. We're wrapping it up. If this was if this was an uh, Oscar speech, this is what a sad music would be coming in, and they'd be telling me get off stage. You've been talking for too long. But I, once again, I want to thank y'all. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all spending y'all time listening to me ramble about nonsense and listening to me talk about whatever I find entertaining. But please go ahead and share the podcast. If you're listening to this on a platform that allows you to rate, please go ahead and give it a rate and be honest. I would I would appreciate like positive reviews, but I mean I'm only going to get better if you're honest with me. So please um, 
go ahead, give it a rating if you can. I know all all platforms don't allow you to rate, but if you can, please go ahead and, and uh, let me know. And also comment. You know, send me. You can you can you can message me through here. And um, if there's anything you'd like for me to talk about next episode, feel free. But on that note, thank y'all for hanging out with me, man. I love y'all. I'm out. Peace.